Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. One of the worst things you can suffer from as a sports fan or a sports analyst is take lock. Take lock is where you lose the ability to see things objectively. Maybe it's your favorite team. Maybe it's a prediction that you had that you feel you have to will to come true. But when you lose that objectivity, that's when bad analysis happens. That's when your predictions are not valid. So this all popped into my head, folks, when I put a tweet out earlier today. Jeff Goodman of ESPN on Twitter, at Goodman ESPN, put out a tweet, best home court advantage in college hoops over the last five years. Kansas is 85-5, and 94% winning percentage. I wrote back, they listed a bunch of other teams, Arizona, 86-4, and four, Stephen F. Austin, 78-3, and three. I put out in a quote tweet. I love the quote tweet, right? Because you give credit to the person that put the original tweet out or you can mock the person that put the original tweet out. It's really a beautiful thing, quote tweet. I wrote, still amazing Kansas lost back-to-back home games to Washington and Arizona State. We got a response here, a response from Cody Peterson on Twitter, actual fan of the podcast. He wrote, I hate KU. I think he's an Iowa State fan. But there is, capital letters, love capital letters, a big difference between the Sprint Center in Kansas City, where they played the first game that they lost against Washington, and Allen Fieldhouse, where they lost the second game to Arizona State. Then at WBBBPB, all right, says, have to asterisk this. Washington loss was at Sprint Center, not Allen Fieldhouse, a quote, home game by designation only. Well, I was ready to unload on Cody Peterson and WBBBBBPB. But of course, my partner, Gus, who's much kinder than me, much more considerate than me, jumps in, says, 100% correct, maybe, quote, homish games, it's the proper wording, completely different vibe in both buildings. I got to thank Gus because I would have unloaded on Cody and WBBPB because there is no difference. I understand that playing at the Sprint Center in Kansas City, Missouri, heck, they're playing in Missouri, right? They don't play in Kansas is a different feel than Fog Allen Fieldhouse. But they play games there every year. They play more than one. And the Big 12 tournament is there. So when you play a game against a Washington team that's, God knows, 2,000 miles away, that hasn't played there in a long time, that's not even supposed to be that good, and is coached by Mike Hopkins, first-year coach, that counts, folks. That counts. Doesn't all have to be losses to Kentucky and Duke at home. But I understand that the Sprint Center is not the same as Fog Allen. But I also understand that the level of opponent was much, much less. So that one should count. The second one against Arizona State also counts because they had lost one game already. This is the great Bill Self. This is the great Kansas team. It's 13 straight Big 12 titles, right? So they come home, they get up 15-2 to with Devontae Graham, who people are talking about a first-team All-American player of the year, and then they crash and burn to Arizona State. So I think our first take lock, and we're going to take a quick visit here around the take locks that are going on in college basketball that people need to wake up and understand are no longer true. The first one is the Kansas Jayhawks. Folks, get off the take lock. The Kansas Jayhawks are in trouble, and they will not in any way win the Big 12 regular season championship this year. There will be no 14th title for Fog Allen because the Kansas Jayhawks are in trouble. And if you look back 
as to how Kansas has performed over this incredible 13-year run, you understand why Kansas fans and why the nation in general probably has take lock on Kansas. Let's take a look. Bill Self took over the program in 2003-2004. Those are Roy Williams players. He takes over the program, goes 24-9 overall, 12-4 in the conference, tied for second, finishing behind Oklahoma State. The Tony Allen-led Oklahoma State Cowboys, who actually made the Final Four that year, and they made the Elite Eight themselves, Kansas. And since then, Bill Self and the Kansas Jayhawks, a remarkable run of greatness in the Big 12. Remarkable. 12 and 4, 13 and 3, 14 and 2, 13 and 3, 14 and 2, 15 and 1, 14 and 2, 16 and 2, 14 and 4, 14 and 4, 13 and 5, 15 and 3, 16 and 2. That is an incredible run. He's a Hall of Fame coach. It's one of the best programs in the entire country, and they should be lauded for it. But if you've watched how they've played, and you've watched the way this season has gone, and you think in any way that Kansas is winning the Big 12, you're just not paying attention. And you are suffering from Jayhawk take lock. Let's look at how this season has gone for the Jayhawks so far. They opened up with a blowout win over Tennessee State. Then they played Kentucky one by four. Now, certainly on the surface, that looks like a great win. It was a sloppy game. Wasn't a lot of flow in that game. And Kentucky is in disarray right now for Kentucky. And they'll probably get it together because Cal does a great job. But that's not like beating the Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Davis Kentucky Wildcats. It was a four-point win. Then South Dakota State, they blow out. Texas Southern, Oakland. Then comes the Toledo-Syracuse back-to-back where people go nuts. Syracuse came down to Miami. Graham goes 35 back-to-back. Everybody's like, here they go. Here goes Kansas. Then comes Washington. Now, Mike Hopkins, who probably studied that Syracuse tape, and Syracuse hung around for a little bit in that game. Never was really close. Always like eight points, it felt like, the whole time. But he takes a look and he figures something out. And in that game, which was in the Sprint Center, yes, it was, the Jayhawks shoot 5 of 20 from three-point range against his own. 5 of 20. Only went to the line eight times. Now, you're going to say brilliant game plan by Mike Hopkins? Okay. It's the same Washington team that lost to Providence, lost to Virginia Tech, and then came home after the big win over Kansas. Came home, lost by 27 to Gonzaga. We're not talking about the Marvin Bagley-led Duke Blue Devils here, okay? But maybe it was a bad game because maybe it was the Sprint Center, right? Guys, the Sprint Center. It's not a home game, right? Even though they play there. It's not a home game. Well, something else happened in that game against Washington. Their bench, Mitch Lightfoot, Marcus Garrett, freshman, Clay Young. Clay Young was a walk-on, never played collegiate basketball, walk-on, senior. Put a bucket in that Washington game. That's how thin their bench is. But if you think that's not a big deal, that's fine. You can always excuse one bad game. I mean, Notre Dame lost at home to Ball State, right? But then they come out against Arizona State. They go into the friendly confines of Fog Allen Fieldhouse, where the stat really counts, right, guys? They play an Arizona State team. They get up 15-2. to two. They fire up 38 three-pointers against Arizona State. 38. You cannot rely on the three the entire year. Just can't do it. Not if you're Kansas. You can do it if you're one of these other teams that's looking for an upset. But some days they're going to go in, some days they're not. Svima Hyluk and Devontae Graham at home in Fog Allen. And they got open shots, folks. 8 of 22. Okay. Not terrible. Okay. Team shot 14 of 38 from three-point range. Had five guys in doubles. But the problem is the bench just doesn't exist. Mitch Lightfoot, 18 minutes, one point. Garrett, 15 minutes, zero points. So the problem is they're missing a lot from last year. First off, they're missing their bench. And I know Sam Cunliffe returns. Arizona State transfer should be eligible after the fall semester. And Billy Preston, of course, we're waiting for Billy Preston. McDonald's All-American, one-and-done talent, had a car accident, single car accident on campus. Nobody knows what's going on. No idea. But I do know the freshmen take a while to adjust. And I do know 
When we interviewed Kansas beat reporter Jesse Newell earlier this year, he said that they were, coaches were yelling at Billy Preston to run harder, trying to get max effort out of Billy Preston. So here we go. We have a five-star freshman who's being counted on potentially to start, who's been in a mysterious one-car accident that nobody knows anything about. And before then, his work ethic was questioned by the coaches who were trying to get him to work hard. It's going to take a while for him to acclimate. I have a feeling he's not coming back before January. So when we get into January, he's going to come right back. Look at Amari Spellman over in Villanova. He was not a true freshman. He was there for a whole year. He's taking a little while to get going. In that time, Kansas could be in a lot of trouble. So the bench is weak. They're too reliant on the three. And I want to point out that last year it was Frank Mason. It was Josh Jackson. It wasn't even Landon Lucas. Landon Lucas, eight points per game, eight, eight, eight rebounds. It's a pretty solid 6'10 guy in the middle, right? Which they don't have right now. They have Azubuki, but he's limited. And Devontae Graham is a streaky shooter. Devontae Graham is not the all-around player that Frank Mason is. He's not. Frank Mason single-handedly kept them in games. Devontae Graham... Watch Devontae Graham. Tell me when he goes all the way to the basket. Not on the break. When he drives all the way to the basket in the half court. Mason did it all the time. Graham doesn't. Not his game. The most explosive player on the team is LeGerald Vick. People talked about Malik Newman leading this team in scoring. He's a sophomore, folks. He just took a year off. He just sit out the season because of the transfer from Mississippi State. He's good. Is he 20 points per game good in the Big 12? I don't know about that. And I think we've caught on to Svima Hila. You know, when he's not taking seven steps against Kansas State. So I'm telling you right now, the take lock, folks. We can make the excuses for Kansas all we want. We can talk about how they didn't lose back-to-back home games because one was in the Sprint Center. This is a window, a window in for all those people to stop at the take lock on Kansas. This is not the same Kansas team. It's not. LeGerald Vick, Devontae Graham, Svima Hylek, Malik Newman. That's what's got to carry him. No bench. No bench. So unless Billy Preston comes back and has a Carl Anthony Towns-like impact, I think you got to get off the take lock and realize that this isn't the same Kansas team. They've dropped right now the number 13. They're 7-2. and two. And here's their schedule coming up. Got Nebraska tomorrow. Should bounce back on the road, though. Wouldn't shock me if they lost. Wouldn't shock me. Should bounce back. Then Omaha. Then at Stanford. And then here we go. December 29th. When is Preston coming back? And how good is he going to be when he comes back? Sam Cunliffe going to make this big a difference? At Texas. Home Texas Tech. Keenan Evans is an issue. At TCU. Iowa State home. Kansas State home. Kansas State almost beat him there last year. At West Virginia, home Baylor. At Oklahoma, Trey Young's licking his lips against a team that really can't play defense because they're not that deep. Then they have Texas A&M, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU home. At Baylor, at Iowa State, always tough. Hilton Magic. West Virginia, Oklahoma, at Texas Tech, Texas, at Oklahoma State. Tough schedule. And what I've seen so far, you're not concerned? You should be. Kansas not win the Big 12 this year. That's true. It's going to come to an end. 13 straights, fantastic, Coach Self. You're not getting a 14th. Next take lock we got to talk about. Let's go out to the West Coast Conference. Nine out of 10 coaches in the West Coast Conference said this is the year for St. Mary's. They're going to win it outright. They're going to win the West Coast Conference. They're going to beat Gonzaga after their incredible Gonzaga run last year all the way to the national championship game. We got to get off this take lock too, folks, because after a non-conference schedule that was not impressive, St. Mary's Gales are staring straight at the need to win the West Coast Conference, in order to make the NCAA tournament. Let me explain. Their non-conference schedule, St. Francis, Pennsylvania, New Mexico State, Cal State Fullerton, at San Jose State, Harvard. Then they lose to Washington State, title game of the Wooden Legacy. Then they lose to Georgia in OT, Wooden Legacy third place game, back-to-back losses. One at Cal, Sacramento, Seattle. Problem is, their non-conference, their non-conference schedule isn't that good. Big game tomorrow against UC Irvine. Good seat's still available. Then a Dayton team that's not as good as it was expected to be. Certainly a down year there. 
UNC Asheville, and then Loyola Marymount starts the conference schedule. Where are the impressive non-conference wins? So yet again, we're looking at St. Mary's here, banking their whole season with a great offensive team. This team who has a potential, preseason people were talking about it, first team All-American in Jock Landell. He has 21 points, 9 rebounds. Calvin Hermanson's a senior, 6'6", 200, 14 points per game, 45% from three-point range. Emmett Nars a senior, 12.7 points per game. And Colin Neal's a senior, grad transfer, who's there to compliment Nar. This is a senior-loaded team. It's a Gonzaga team that graduated a lot of players last year. Some players of the NBA. What they've done is gone out and lost back-to-back games to Washington State and Georgia. Can't lose those games, folks. Can't lose those games if 9 out of 10 coaches, which means your coach is the only one who couldn't vote for himself, Randy Bennett must have voted for Gonzaga, pick you to win the West Coast Conference. Can't do it. Let me ask you good folks right now listening. They're going into Gonzaga to play. Who are you taking? Who are you taking Gonzaga? They didn't do it last year. Why would they do it this year? And do you think this team is strong enough, having lost now to Washington State and Georgia, to run the table? They're at BYU on December 30th. That game's not frisky. You're not concerned about that game? Should be. Team's averaging 82 points per game. They're allowing 68 points per game. But St. Mary's chance to establish themselves as a legit, strong, sweet 16, second weekend NCAA tournament team was this non-conference schedule because not great. They're facing the need to have to beat Dayton, to beat UNC Asheville, just to hold serve. If I look at their schedule, what's the most impressive win? New Mexico State, I guess. At Cal, a Cal team lost three in a row. Wichita, no shame there. VCU, okay. Then Chaminade, lost to Chaminade, by the way, by 24, California. Then lost to Central Arkansas by 27, at home. That win doesn't look too good. So the second take lock I'm talking about here, folks. St. Mary's winning the West Coast Conference, that's a false narrative because they have not started the year strong and the non-conference means something. It means something if you don't play in a major conference because when they talk about getting you in the tournament, that's where they're going to look. So let me ask you this. They split with Gonzaga and they get upset in the semifinals of the West Coast Conference tournament. You put them in the tournament? I don't think so. You putting them in over a Western Kentucky team that beat Purdue that played close against Nova, beat SMU, and should have won in Wisconsin. That was horrific, by the way. Game's tied, huge comeback in Wisconsin, true road win. They do the old setup to screen the defender on the inbounds play. Wasn't even a bowl over. It kind of fell over, kind of sold it, acting job, and they called it. Wisconsin makes a free throw. Wins that game 81-80. Terrible. Big comeback by Western Kentucky. That'd been a huge road win for them. You're putting St. Mary's in over them? They have two fantastic non-conference wins. SMU, Purdue, and they played Nova close. Only lost by eight. Number one team in the country right now. St. Mary's, take lock. Not win the West Coast Conference. And the last take lock we got to get rid of, the prevailing thought among analysts and among fans was that the ACC is the best college basketball conference in the country. It's not. Take lock is over. It's the SEC. The SEC, folks, is a better basketball conference than the ACC. You may think I'm nuts. You may think I'm crazy, but you probably thought that last year, didn't you? And all of a sudden, the Elite Eight, we're looking at Florida playing South Carolina, and we're looking at Kentucky. And the only ACC team we're looking at is North Carolina. Now, go to the ACC this year. Certainly, Duke is great. We know that. Lost to Boston College as a hiccup, but they're a phenomenal team. North Carolina, great team as well. May have trouble today in Tennessee. Don't be surprised there if they get upset. But certainly, North Carolina looks strong as well. I like Miami. I've talked about Miami. Talked about Bruce Brown. Lonnie Walker's erupted. Jimmy Larinaga, great coach. So they're solid. But after that, there's question marks. You go by the preseason conference picks. Louisville? Louisville is not ranked right now, and they're never going to be ranked for the rest of the season. No coach. No outstanding senior. Dangadell's okay. Quentin Snyder's not playing anywhere near the way he was last year. And you need a coach. You can't lose a coach like Rick Pitino and all of a sudden be just as good. 
Notre Dame. Gus likes Notre Dame to have them in the final four. Certainly could happen. But really, at this point, they're two players. They're Bonzi Colson and Matt Farrell. The question is whether the supporting cast will be there. That loss at home to Ball State is certainly alarming because it was home. Virginia doesn't have the offense. Georgia Tech's still dealing with suspensions. Virginia Tech looks pretty good. Syracuse looks down. Florida State, we don't know how good they are. Nice win over Florida, but it's a decimated Florida team. Not a Florida team with, with the fully loaded. Florida State's fully loaded. Clemson, no thank you. Wake Forest looks down. North Carolina State, Kevin Keats, rebuilding. Boston College, nice win, but they lost Deontay Hawkins and Pittsburgh. Now let's look at the SEC. Look at the standings. Texas A&M, 9-1. Smoked West Virginia to start the season. Beat USC. Only stumble was against Arizona on the road in a game that Arizona absolutely had to have. Plus, Robert Williams hasn't been there the whole year. He's just rounding into shape. Auburn, 8-1. No major wins. Have a chance today against Middle Tennessee, 6 o'clock. But Bruce Pearl doing a nice job. Has Tigers at 8-1. Kentucky, 8-1. Under the radar. You know they have talent. You know Cal will get them going. 8-1. Mississippi State, Ben Hallen. Great job, 8-1. Just lost a game on the road. Cincinnati. It was in Northern Kentucky, but on the road. A Cincinnati team that had to have that win after two straight losses. Georgia, 7-1. Tennessee, 7-1. The surprise team in the conference. Predicted by many to be the 13th team in the SEC. Just ahead of LSU. Rick Barnes doing a great job. Grant Williams, 16.7 rebounds. Admiral Schofield, 11.9 points. Team fires up the three. 170 attempts this year. They got a win over Purdue. They have a win over NC State. They beat Georgia Tech. Do you hear those ACC teams? I know you heard them. And a close loss to Villanova. And today they host, 3 o'clock p.m. on ESPN, UNC Tar Heels. Don't be surprised if you see them win that game. That'll just solidify this. But I'm recording before. Missouri, 8-2. Michael Porter Jr. coming back now. Coming back sooner. That's going to change the landscape. South Carolina, after their final four season, they're making some noise at 8-2. and two. Arkansas, 7-2. and two. Alabama, who struggle with injuries, still know Braxton Key. And they've played 5-on-3 sometimes, by the way. We went through that. Almost came back against Minnesota in an incredible game. Beat Texas Arlington. Beat BYU. Beat URI. Lost at Arizona. But a close loss. And Colin Sexton is one of the most incredible players, not just freshmen, in the entire country. John Petty, 10 threes. This team is very dangerous. Oh, and by the way, we haven't gotten to Florida, who's 6-3 and three now. Maybe the most dangerous team in the entire conference. Already has a win over Gonzaga and basically took Duke right to the end without their center, John Abunu. Up and down, top to bottom, front to back. The SEC is the best basketball conference in the country. So there's your three take locks, folks. Kansas, not winning the Big 12. Get over it. St. Mary's, in a world of trouble in the West Coast Conference. Better win those Gonzaga games, and you better win that conference tournament. Because if you don't do both, you may not make the NCAs. And finally, the ACC, the coveted, the beloved ACC, is no longer the best basketball conference in the country. It's the SEC. Looking forward to a great weekend of basketball. Gus and I will be back on Sunday night for Monday morning. Give you a recap, give you some thoughts. And folks, remember, as you watch these games, stop the take lock. Start opening your eyes. Be objective things are changing in the landscape of college basketball. I'm addicted to the appetite.